and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here with co-host Scott Armour. Hi. We are here to talk about films. Really? <laughs> I know, it's quite amazing in the filmcast that we sometimes talk about films. Yeah, we are here to do a roundup of the 2018 films we've seen uh, since, well, the last podcast, last I suppose. <clears throat> Episode 8. Right, where uh, you want to start then, Scott? Let's just see. I think we'll go... Well, so I know you've seen it. And we, you spoke briefly on it in the last podcast. It's probably good that we kind of chew over it together on this one. Uh, Ready Player One. Yep, let's get chewing. Oh, lovely, lovely. Uh, so, Spielberg, I, I know you I know you really like The Post. And mm. I was kind of, that's his two most recent. I wasn't really a big fan of The Post. I found it a wee bit boring. Ready Player One was probably a film I've been, I've been waiting for Spielberg to actually make for yep. a while because it's although it's based in a novel it's not he's not just went into the back catalogue of the war and the and the based in true events which I think he's brilliant at right I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's not brilliant at it's just it's just it was almost like not invigorating but it's it was almost refreshing to see him actually do a fun film again yeah like like E.T. like Jurassic Park that kind of thing yeah like Indiana Jones which you spoke which about all those years ago oh nice plug <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah like yeah that kind of film that was one of the things I liked about yeah. the Radio Player One was the kind of the, the, the fun, you know, energetic yeah. uh, American hero film that yeah. we kind of want Spielberg to do again. We've yeah. missed from when he, because he has been more stuck just, in the, I, I mean, it's just the like, historical, yeah. uh, slower, serious a, films. Thinking of a director that created so many memorable characters, mm. you know, and, and, and out of film, you know, it's, that, it's just that kind of, and as I say, obviously, when you look at like, like Schindler's, Schindler's List, even the post, it's all, it's all, they're amazing films. They are amazing films, right? It's well directed, it's well acted, you know, and all that type stuff. But it's just, it's just grim. Some of it is grim. You know, uh, what's the one he did with Tom Hanks? Um, Same Private Ryan? No, 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 no. Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Great film, but very, very grim. Yeah. You know, that is it's like It's like, a, it's the tone. I think it was yeah. just the tone that I'm just like, do you know what? This is actually refreshing. I actually really liked Ready Player One. Um, what did you say? You gave it a four I gave it a five? bang straight in the middle four. I found the third, the last third. I don't know if it was just the mood I was in when I was watching the cinema. I was starting to kind of, bit, I don't know, I was a bit falling asleep. If I'm honest, it see, if it was, fi- bit, if it was okay. 15 minutes shorter, I would have probably have either gave it a high four mm. or, a, or, I mean, leading into maybe a low five. But there was a 15, 20 minutes at the end where I thought, this needs that it needed to if it ended fifteen minutes earlier, it would have been a would have been a brilliant film actually. And not not because of you know, the plot and stuff, just for enjoyment. Mm. Like see see we again we keep on talking about that escapism. Mm-hmm. It's one of these films where if if you get it, if you get the, the references to the, the you know, pop culture and all that type stuff, you'll love it and you'll get in you'll get engulfed in it. Yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had to try to spot certain references yeah. and things like that, definitely. That was the main thing I liked about uh, it. I didn't allude to the main thing. In the middle part of this middle section of the film, there's a great sequence. Oh, reference to... Yeah, I didn't want... We didn't... I probably shouldn't mention... We're not going to do a spoiler. No, this no, is no. not a spoiler version, so we probably shouldn't mention what it is, mm-hmm. but I obviously mentioned how it's my favourite part of the film, and you yeah. probably agree, or do you like that as well? I loved it, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. 
there's I mean there was so many I didn't really say iconic because it's <laughs> there's a lot of scenes where it's essentially just doing something again, but it's doing it differently. Yeah, the the, the twist on it is funny. Yeah. Um yeah. and original and you know, that's fine. It wasn't the whole film wasn't based on it, it was one no. section which and is not, and not even that, it's it's kinda like the the street race with a DeLorean. That was awesome. You know, that's cracking. Yeah. And then having the street race but the the sort of twist on that as well. Yeah. Was great in the plot, you know, the aye. way the way that they I would say again it's kind of a plot thing. I can know, I know. But it's aye, there's it's, a cool way good. they there's a cool aye. way they do it. Um, and the characters that pop up just like frantically that just I loved it. Um, the Batman car for some reason gave me a kick. Yeah. The the sixties one. Yeah. So somebody's used that as their like their their chosen car. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, um, just stuff like that. That was great. Really fun film. Yeah. And for me, so you'd give it I, a five, sir. No, I think if it was if it was a if it was at least fifteen minutes shorter, mm, then right, I would okay. have probably have maybe have pushed it because I I did find, um. Not watching it in the cinema, watching it at home, it just was t- it just was too long at the end, just a wee bit too long. When you thought it should have ended, you thought, oh, brilliant, but then it kept on going, yeah. and it was a wee bit unnecessary. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I, still though, really enjoyable. Ben Mendelsohn is just born to play a bad guy. Yeah. Did you like that scene I was talking about in the right, last podcast? The guys in the, yeah. The guys in his ear trying, I to, be, that. trying to be hip. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was brilliant. I like him. Uh, Yeah, great film. We'll uh, talk about another film. I have seen A Quiet Place. Right. A great film. I highly recommend you see it in a cinema. Right, okay. It's one of those films that the the cinematic experience is kind of the thing that as time has passed, people sort of scoff at a bit. You know, our cinemas, our rooms are, you know, the big TVs and things like that. Everyone's getting their surround sound Mm. and, you know, you don't have to worry about people making noise and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes a cer- certain types of films really benefit from the cinematic experience. The idea of collectively watching it with people and having their reactions play into the enjoyment of the film. Yeah. This is a film that demands... It can be ruined by the people you're sitting with mm. because this film is all about staying quiet. Mm-hmm. It's a horror film and essentially aliens have somehow gotten to Earth they hunt by sound, so any you know any noise above whispering things like that. These things can find you in seconds and yeah. will kill you hor- horribly. Yeah. It's kind of a post-apocalyptic type. You know, there's not many people around. We don't know. It starts off with this family and they're just trying to survive. But uh, you know, the characters are not making much noise. There's not much music for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It's very quiet and it's amazing. Tension. What, amazing tension. You realise just how weird it is watching this thing in the cinema with all these people because nobody's making a noise. It's such a surreal experience. It's kind of fun that way, but can also be ruined, as I had a little, with the two young girls behind me eating at the worst (laughs) times. Oh my god, they were infuriating. And it was that way. I don't normally get bothered by stuff. I'm quite a laid-back person. Mm -hmm. There's usually I'm with friends and they're a lot worse for it. But I was kind of doing this slow turnaround, like, face of, yeah. are you real? Are you, you uh, serious? Come on. Like the exorcist. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and uh, I could see other people doing it the same. It was just unbelievable. There's certain bits in this film where it's like characters up against the worst, you know, odds here. And yeah. there's no sound at all. And it's just... <sighs> 
and it's like, come on, man. And then the, their phone was going off, and I was like, you've got to be kidding. But yeah, so to... So basically what you're saying is, see it in the cinema. And choose, and somehow find an audience aye, that, yeah, aye. it's weird, weird. Go, go at 11 o'clock yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, aye. yeah, it's weird. It's just, you're kind of lucky that way. It's a weird thing, but it does benefit from having that, that, that feeling of just yeah. all of us in this weird scenario we're all uh, trying to be quiet because I was together. I was kind of like waiting for music to kick in to then suddenly eat my Maltesers uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was it was and it was it was kind of fun I enjoyed it uh, the film so I haven't really spoke about it this is um, as I said it's be, uh, it was written and directed and I think produced and acted of course Krasinski yeah John Krasinski, John Krasinski. Uh, no one I've not seen it the American version of The Office he plays the Tim I think right, he's okay. kind of like the, the, the everyman character. Mm-hmm. He's obviously, you know, got more to him than that. He's obviously, you know, quite a... You know, this, I don't know if this is his first project, but this is quite an amazing right. directorial film. Performance is amazing. And it's, re- and it's his real-life wife as well. Oh, right. um, and you can, be- you can believe their, their chemistry. They're this family who, you know, they've got these three kids and they're just trying to survive... Uh, something horrible happens within the first 10 minutes of the film and the kind of story just shows the length they have to go to to keep this family together. Yeah, Not going into spoilers here on this film, it's definitely worth catching. I loved it. It's it's amazing. It made me start to think about, you know, the noises I make when I do anything and how in that scenario I'd be dead. <laughs> you know, coughing, dead. Like, drop, drop your phone. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. So that is, that is yeah, I like films that play on you psychologically after it. Aye. It's quite amazing. What would you give it? Four four or five? It's a tough one. It's probably a four, but I could swing to a five. Mm, I haven't high four. I'm gonna try and write up a review, I think, on it and I haven't decided exactly where it lands. It's the film that out of this year that I've I've seen that in the in Coco, I'm really struggling to nail if it's four or a five. Uh, for me, I thought I would probably say Coco would be a five star. I think Coco ticks all the boxes. I feel like I need to see it again. And it's a short film, so I should probably try. This film, because of its originality and the premise in a horror film, I really, it's, I'm leaning to the five. The chemistry and the, the act, the characters is great because with it in, in amongst all the tension, there's some scenes where, you know, the husband and wife are kind of find the time to just you know they have a scene where they sort of dance together in this basement they've made Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's just believable that they can still find you know peace and levity and amongst Mm -hmm. this horrible scenario and it's just very believable performances Mm -hmm. and really enjoyable for that the only thing that maybe wasn't as that stuck me was some of the CG for the aliens I wasn't quite keen on believable it reminded me of Cloverfield a bit. Uh, Cloverfield mixed with maybe, I don't know if it's the Alien films or something, but something kind of didn't, I just don't know. Do you it, mean in the actual look of the Alien? A wee bit, yeah. They're CG, and I always just, I can see it's CG, and that yeah. just as I'm thinking, you know, that, 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 that was the only thing that maybe was a slight put off. The rest of the film is great, great child performances as well. So yeah, it's, oh, right now I'm saying four, but I could go either way. When I write the review, I might end up right, sure. going to a five. So that's uh, A Quiet Place. Highly recommend from Capiche. Yeah. What do you want to talk about next? 
So I'll briefly talk about Pacific Rim Uprising because I, I feel as if I shouldn't talk about it a lot. Um, Uprising is, is... So I actually didn't mind Pacific Rim. The only problem I had with Pacific Rim was Idris Elba's probably the most wooden character. He's the most wooden American... In fact, no, in fact, I don't even think he's got an American accent in it. I think he's actually talking his normal accent in it, but he's just... Stacker Pentecost. Literally, oh my god. Even that name is wooden. <laughs> you just imagine him as a wooden man. It just doesn't sound like uh, a name. So, but apart from that, I, th- I thought the film was mildly enjoyable. Um, this one, it's John Boyega taking up the mantle from Idris Elba. He is John Boyega's Idris Elba's son. But he's like a almost like defect from the from the academy which you know they've got for the Jaegers the Jaeger pilots and he's like a try you know he's like a, 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 a like a like a goods buyer or, or, or whatever like a dealer almost so he goes in and he steals uh, pieces from old Jaegers and he sells them in the black market all that kind of stuff and then obviously I think the way Pacific Rim ended was they had they had closed the portal for the kaijus to get through, right? But I don't know his name. It's a wee guy with a really squeaky voice, small guy with a squeaky voice. He was in the first one. Ah, there was he, one of those professor doctor types. Ah, I he, couldn't stand he, him in that film. Um, he connects with a kaiju, but in this one, he's still got the kaiju brain that he connected with and, he, and he's got it in a, like a fish tank and he talks to it and he, yeah, I think he actually still connects to it in a kind of almost erotic way it's very very weird but he basically he's basically talking through that they're controlling him he then tries to open a portal to bring all the kaijus back through John Boyega comes back in and, and leads the the, the, the Jaegers which were you know, all the kind of the areas around the world that they had, the Jaeger almost like pods, if you will, they all get wiped out through this attack and they need to quickly build their own, like their own Jaegers and put all the parts together sort of thing. And there's like this kind of special team of people put together. Uh, Scott Eastwood's in it as well. And I, again, if you, I think if you were going to replace a wooden character, he's probably not the best choice because Scott Eastwood, again, is one of the most wooden characters oh, or wooden actors I've ever seen. But it's but it's a strange it's a strange experience with Scott Eastwood because he sounds so much like his dad at times. <laughs> and you're just like, man, you are so close to being a really, really useful actor here. But you just in shite films. Yeah. You know? Just needs a... Just needs a... It's like, it's like you, somebody, you just want to say to him, Scotty boy, put on a cowboy hat and some spurs. He's probably trying to get away from that. He is, but do you know what? It, it'd be a, it, it's just, he just looks like Clint Eastwood and he sounds like Clint Eastwood. So gonna just be Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> just, just be him. You know, forget about this. Forget about this shit. About uh, I don't want to live in my dad's shadow. No, 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 no. Live in your dad's shadow. Be your dad. You've got the name. Use <laughs> you've it. Got the name. You've got the looks. You've got the voice. You're, you're plenty sweet. Aye. You know, there's worse things you can be. <laughs> <Mate>. <laughs> so 
So there is that. It's very, very cheesy. It's over, you know, the, the, the fights between the, the Jaegers and the Kaiju is very... It's very family-friendly. It's obvious. Um, it's almost like kind of... I just I see bonus that I really didn't like. I actually didn't... I like John Boyega as Finn in The Force Awakens. I didn't really like him in Last Jedi. Loved him in Attack the Block. And this, I did not like him at all. Does he just not suit the part, or is it the part not written well enough for him? I just, I think, it, the... I think it's both. Mm. I think it's both. I mean, a lot of the time, I think it's mostly the material written for the actor is usually the thing that actually the makes. The script it. is very weak. The yeah. humour that John Boyega tries to come across is that he is trying to deliver it, but it's just <sighs> no, no. Again, I think the the humour's way off. It's it is almost like a it turns out like a, almost like a slapstick comedy. As I say, the, 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 the character or the actor, I can't remember his name. But anyway, it's, it's all very kind of slapstick comedy American action. comedy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would probably, I don't think I would put it at a two, but it's definitely a very low three. Oh, wow. It's okay. a low three for me. It's one of the lower rated reviews we've yeah, done this year. It's not, I, I just, I always kind of almost judge a film by if it's, if it's, if it keeps my attention. Mm. Um, and even as start even grabbing as, the phone ah, straight on the Instagram yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, not quite a recommendation for Pacific Rim Uprising then do you know what if you like the first one watch the second one it's very qualified if you like if, if you like if you like big metal robots i.e. you know ode to Power Rangers mm. Megazord fighting other big monsters is it better than the Power Rangers film that came out last year <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, I'd probably say it's it's in terms of the tone, in terms of the 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 doesn't, dialogue, doesn't and all have that all the teenage stuff, angst that the Power it's Rangers. Not got the teenage has. angst. But it's it's got a wee bit of that, but it's I, I probably preferred Power Rangers. Oh, good God! Well, I haven't seen Power Rangers, so I can't be too annoyed. But from what I hear, that doesn't sound like good things yeah. for a Pacific Rim uprising. Okay, so that's Pacific Rim uprising. Free a low free stars for I that. I would say a low free. Yeah. Uh, no, it's been very, very genuine. Very see qualified. If, see if Scott Eastwood was trying to be Clint Eastwood, mm. I, I'd, I'd give it more. If, if Scott Eastwood was Clint Eastwood, I'd give it more. Okay, uh, I have seen the very recent film Deadpool Two. Right. If you have essentially, I would start this by saying if you liked Deadpool, you'll like Deadpool Two. Uh, if you hated Deadpool, you will hate Deadpool <laughs> too. Very similar film, all the same style of humour. Uh, that sort of uh, very gross out, yeah. crude humour. Breaking the, breaking the fourth breaking wall. Breaking fourth wall constantly. And a lot of people getting burned, stabbed, slashed, mutilated, is all it, that sort of stuff. Is it too much? Right, so that this was so. Let's talk about our initial thoughts on Deadpool One. Right, I think we were kind of aligned that I overall really liked Deadpool One. It was the first superhero film Fox did with the R rating. Yeah, broke a lot of boundaries for that alone. Bit of a risk. It was the it seems that that was the root of the character more. The sort of the mercenary in the mouth, all that kind of stuff. The fourth wall thing yeah. was quite original. Hilarious, some hilarious gags in there. Yeah, but he did quip a lot to the point that sometimes you could feel that there was an edit in there that you could take out maybe every second quip yeah. and it might have been a bit sharper yeah. my thoughts are exactly the same for this one mm. exactly I just feel like there is a script there where they could just delete every few lines every third quip and it would be 
so much uh, better. Yeah. You do get kind of... I was kind of exhausted. And they make a joke of it. There's a joke where somebody calls them exhausting. And it's like, okay, that's kind of fourth wall breaker. But still, it's true. Uh, and, uh, you know, that doesn't give them a pass. It's That's the only thing I would say. It's still really funny. I watched it with a friend. He absolutely loved it. Mm. And the audience were laughing. There was a lot of great stuff. I didn't find myself laughing out loud a lot for some reason. There was a yeah, few scenes... Chuckling almost. Uh, yeah, there's kind of a few moments where I was like chuckling, but not... I don't find this type of humour as funny as the film that made me laugh a lot last year was Spider-Man Homecoming. That really had me laughing. This film didn't. The shock value is slightly lessened because you know what you're getting already. But it's not to say some of the gags are hilarious and Mm. you definitely would definitely appreciate them because they take it really far with some of the stuff. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a call out to very prominent franchises. The DC universe gets a bit of a you know, the, uh, it was a, the, it's in the trailer. trailer. Uh, um, you know, but how dark it is, yeah. and Marvel as well. It, it starts off by kind of slagging Logan. Yeah. Uh, I won't go into it too much, but it's a call out to Logan. There's oh, there's references just all over. It's like it's the dark, ready, edgy, ready player one. There's just yeah. Logan. There's references to pop culture reference everywhere, from music videos to yeah. films, classical, all that sort of stuff. He's riffing all over the place. Yeah. Some cool action scenes I mentioned in a, another podcast. We were talking about Indiana Jones, and there's a character in this that uh, is her luck is her superpower, yeah. and it's hilarious. There's a sequence where. She essentially does all this crazy stuff and everything just always falls into place for her. And that's kind of funny, I thought. And we haven't really spoken about the plot of this film for reasons I won't go into. Um, because of the first act, some crazy stuff happens. Deadpool kind of has to form his own team, mm-hmm. the X-Force. And they obviously joke how close and derivative that is of the X-Men. Yeah. And uh, kind of rescue a young boy slash stop him from becoming a villain is strange Josh Brolin is kind of the villain in the film kind of not (laughs) another villain sort of appears Uh, Josh Brolin plays Cable he's this badass Terminator he looks cool as fuck yeah Josh Brolin's pumped aye aye I think he he got jacked for this role yeah and he uh, he looks he looks awesome you know is is he got a is he purple No, funnily enough, he doesn't look the same as Thanos. And of course, Deadpool riffs on that as well. You know, it's the most meta of meta films. It's unreal. There's even a joke that I don't want to spoil, but I kind of seen coming. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just leave it at that. There's, there's, there's some, there's some great stuff in there. Really funny stuff. Some of it is, like I say, really sharp. Really, uh, like you know, really, I could really appreciate. It. And then some was just a bit kind of like just, just uh, tone just it down. Tone it down. You hear his uh, voice constantly. You know, some awesome visual set pieces as well. The X Force guys are hilarious. I love all that stuff. Is actually some of my favourite stuff yeah. in it. It's, it's 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 so new. I don't want to spoil any of it for you. I just kind of want to tell you that that's you know how good it was. But mm-hmm. yeah, overall, I'm sitting again. It's around the same as a Quiet Place. I think it's a high four. It's a mm-hmm. solid four. At, you know, at lowest. I don't think it makes the five because of my my feelings yeah. on it that needed a wee bit of an edit. On just the the Ryan Reynoldsness. I think uh, I think see to be honest. I think with the with the, the trailer, knowing what Deadpool one was and the and the hype it got, and obviously I think Ryan Reynolds was born to play that mercenary oh, with the mouth. Without a doubt, you know. and uh, they take 
shot City earlier disastrous yeah. choice in his career even aye, like he aye. is completely this is him he is loving this character aye, it's for him aye. and it, that's awesome to see aye. Um, but for me even just watching the trailers or tra- you know a couple of trailers I just think there's almost like it could be, for me I, again I'm not seeing the film but for, for him speaking a lot and, and you, as you say riffing and, and the quips and stuff like that it could almost ruin some really good action scenes kind of there was a scene, yeah, where I was talking about this other scene where this character's, you know, the, all this luck's happening, but you're hearing his voice playing as it's happening, it's just like it might have been better with a little less of him, just yeah. a little less each time. Because some of the jokes are obviously funny, but when they're saturated, then the other ones that are not quite so good kind of muddy them a bit, yeah. and you can't remember which ones. Are, it, it's just, I don't know, a bit distracting, and I just feel like they needed to just almost, tone them down It's almost a bit. as if I, I could just imagine the entire film. It's almost as if Ryan Reynolds is just narrating, or, or, or it's like, it's, you know how you get the, the it's, commentary? It's, it's Americans, uh, this style of American commentary, the Anchorman sort of kind yeah. of started that sort of like uh, spontaneous improv yeah. comedy where it's just, there's actually zero script, it's just character one says this, character two reacts and that's all it says yeah. and the actual co- comedians bring it on the day and some of it's funny and some of it's just not no. and it's they just decide which take to use it, no. it kind of feels a bit like that where it's just Reynolds say something really insulting here with the word dick and a shit somewhere no. alright and it kind of and it just some of it's funny some of it's not it's just kind of it's essentially no, it's the theme of what this no. review is getting at but I'm thinking of some visual gags that again I can't even I don't want to mention but are hilarious and you mm-hmm. will love yeah one of them very similar to one in the first film, but I, I will just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So there's some great stuff in there, and definitely, definitely recommend it. Right. It's right. a high, it's, it's a four, it's a great four star film. Just not, not quite getting the five star, but uh, definitely worth a watch. Cool. Uh, anything you want to talk about? Uh, I think the only, the only other recent one that I saw was out. It was out a while ago, but it was um, Red Sparrow. Yeah, Red Sparrow. I did see this a while ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's okay. What did you? What did you? How you like? You loved it? I wouldn't say loved it. I, I'd say that probably would. I, I never had any real expectations watching it, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just because. So the last two films I've seen Jennifer Lawrence in was X Men Apocalypse, which was tragic, not because of her. It's just a bad film. And Mother. Um. And then. Obviously, there was the lot of stuff in the press where her phone getting hacked again. But I thought she was mesmerising in, in, in Red Sparrow, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, what do you mean? Like, uh, performance? Performance-wise. Like, she was. She stole she... every scene. Um, and yeah. When she becomes the Red Sparrow, she's just, you know, you can, uh, you can understand, I suppose it's like you can understand why men would just basically, you know, crumble. Um, but... Yeah, I thought she was great. I thought Joel Edgerton was great in it. The chemistry between them two was good. There was good tension, but it was it was all that kind of double crossing. Mm. You know, who's 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 going to be in the, the the mask at the end type thing when they're when they're doing the exchange. And then, not again, I don't want to spoil it, but then there's obviously the reveal. But I like I loved some scenes where there was a lot of really good tension, almost like a kind of. Like an ode to a kind of older, kind of old school type film. There wasn't really a lot of big action scenes in this film. It was all meeting up, very covert, mm-hmm. that that type thing. I really liked it. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was a 
I don't know if it was a high three for me. I don't think it was a four star. It's a three for me. Uh, I had a couple of issues. Uh, first of all, I'll say I love Jennifer Lawrence in it. I think she commands the film. She's a great scene. Uh, she you know steals all the scenes. She portrays that character really well. I didn't the, the sexual politics of it. I thought were a bit off. So Jennifer Lawrence has said things like you know it was good. You know this is obviously like you you know she has been. Her pictures were leaked and stuff yeah. like that, and she's felt violated. So she kind of feels this film has given her the chance to kind of own that. And you know, I, I don't know, I don't quite know what she's well, she trying goes, to do. With she this goes, year. I mean, she practically she's made, goes full frontal yeah. nudity in it. So she's kind of decided to do this film, mm-hmm. and this is her way to try and. So basically overcome her, that feeling uh, of violation. It's basically her violation. way of saying, do you know what? If you're going to see my tits online, I might as well just do it in a film. But the film then has her still controlled by... The, uh, it's, uh, her, the, her, it's her uncle. I know. And it's still a male that's essentially forcing this yeah. on her. And, and the film is for us to essentially get weird, sick pleasure from it just it didn't sit well with me at times um, I, I was kind of just a bit confused by it well I, I didn't to be honest I didn't I didn't know that that's why she did the film so when I was watching it I wasn't I wasn't watching it as a as a mm. this is a almost re- re- reprieve for her but I, I, I was just watching it in a kind of way of well I can understand that the, the Russians or, or any other organ any other people could potentially put women through this. I mean, some of the scenes were really intense, and I think is it Charlotte Rampling's character? She was very intimidating. The yeah. sort of um, Russian, is it government head that uh, you know is kind well, of. She's head. She's head of the the almost Red Sparrow training. Yeah. Um, um, some great scenes there. Uh, I just the other issue I had with the film was I found it really confusing in trying to follow all the twists and turns. I think there's maybe just a bit too much going on that I sort of lost a bit of interest towards the end. The first hour of the film, first 40 minutes or whatever, I really enjoyed. I loved the look of the film. I loved the Soviet cold Russia era yeah. looking, you know, aesthetic. But as the film wore on, the twists and turns kind of made me lose interest. And that's why, to me, it sits at a three stars. Aye, I mean, there was a lot of double crossing. There was a lot of kind of untrustworthy people talking to the CIA, the Russians talking to the CIA, vice versa. You don't know who the actual mole is until until right at the end. Potentially it could go, it could have got quite convoluted. Uh, me personally, I, I didn't really... I think that's just my own personal take. Yeah. I just uh, didn't quite... There was a couple of things. I felt like I had to concentrate really hard yeah. to, to try and well, work out and remember I, who I, was who and why they were doing certain things. I just think the film could maybe just be slightly simpler. I think but... it's definitely a film where if you take your eye off the ball for five minutes yeah. and then when you get to the end in the reveal, you'd be thinking ah, how did he how did she, mm-hmm. and, and you know that's it, so I, I probably But I, well, I mean, well, I, I'd a, still say it's a recommendation, I would still say I people th- should see it. I think it's a good And I think Jennifer Lawrence is great in it and it's good to see her, I think she does the accent well, I think, you know yeah. maybe a Russian person might disagree yeah. but, um, you know, I, I I found her captivating, and she looked the part, and I just she absolutely it was an she film. absolutely carries the film. Yeah. She's absolutely spoken yeah. a lot in it, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a yeah, decent film, just with a few flaws, a few issues that I had. Mm. But um, that's pretty much the cinema films we've uh, want to talk about on this one, isn't there's no more for you? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm trying to rack my brains just to just to see if I've 
if there is any others that I've seen, but I think Rogue One, Red Sparrow, and Pacific Rim. Ready Player One, you, mean? you said Rogue One. Sorry, Rogue One. Uh, Ready Player One. I think they're the they're the, the, the biggies that I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I've been watching recently is a Netflix show, The Rain. I know this is more a film podcast, but I'll just very briefly talk about it because I have been watching it. Uh, the Rain is a weird show. It's Danish, and it's on uh, Danish actors. It's dubbed, and it's kind of about a family who are you're suddenly realising that the rain uh, carries a virus and it sort of causes an apocalyptic scenario where the virus spreads and anyone who touches anyone who's got this virus also dies okay. relatively instantly. So you have to stay away from the rain and anything that has water rain on it. It's the for whatever reason this scenario ends up with the, the girl and the son, the girl and the boy the sister and brother kind of on their own in a bunker and you know, they team up with some other people and it's kind of them just travelling and getting into different scenarios. It sort of reminds me of The Walking Dead where they just sort of end up with a new other survivors and something happens and they have to then move on and there's this peril and stuff like that. It's alright. The I liked it but the dub nature of it is very off-putting and it takes a while to go over that. Mm-hmm. Characters will be, you'll hear the voiceover and the voiceovers, the acting is terrible. Lines are, whoever decided to let like that be the line sometimes yeah. is, you know, it's like a character won't be moving their mouth, but the the voice actor will be saying a whole yeah, line of dialogue. Line. It looks yeah. terrible. I mean, you need to kind of go over that to enjoy it. And it was hard for me at first, but as the film, I, I kind of, the, the shows went on, it's about eight part series and um, it's kind of gets intriguing. So I would say give it a watch on Netflix if you're interested in that. Right. That'll probably round up our podcast today. Yeah. We do have another film that we will discuss in a separate podcast, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. We'll probably do the spoiler for that, but uh, we won't go into that on this one. So that'll round up today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Any further thoughts, Scott? Your silence again. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.